Welcome to the Tiny Logic Podcast, where we have conversations with those on the front lines of the tiny house revolution. My name is Adam Garrett Clark. In 2015, I created a $300 a month housing opportunity for myself and five other friends in an off-grid tiny home community in Oakland, California. Since then, tiny homes have taken over my life. This show is for the tiny converted to talk shop and get us all housed. You can find more information about the work of Tiny Logic at tinylogic.ninja. Well, first off, I want to apologize to my three to four podcast listeners for not updating an episode in the last few weeks. Uh, the reason for my lack of update has been a emergency code enforcement, administrative enforcement that we are under for our six-year-old tiny home community. Basically, we got something in the mail that said that if we don't comply with the blight codes, which means basically move everything off, all trailers, uh, we will face increasing fines leading to a lien on our landowner's property and eventually a warrant and um, they will come in forcibly and remove the blight and then charge the owner. This is like the escalation of this. Um, this code was, and the enforcement of it, was what started our community in 2015. So today I'd like to play for you a recording of a walkthrough with this code enforcer in the fall of 2020. Um, Hopefully you never have to experience this, but I think it's instructive if you plan to do any sort of tiny house experiment in any city in the year 2021. And who knows, this recording may be used in a court case down the road. But before I play this, uh, I'd like to set a little context. So um, you may be asking yourself, how is it possible that a tiny home community of six years with no issues, is facing a month deadline to totally shut down in the year 2021. If you live in Oakland, you see many tiny home uh, villages for the homeless. There's the cabin communities or the tough shed communities. Uh, Youth Spirit Artworks just put up a beautiful tiny home community for homeless youth. How is it possible that at that same time, this tiny home community is being forced to shut down. You may also be scratching your head and thinking, well, didn't there wasn't there a shelter crisis ordinance passed in 2017 and then renewed in 2019? And isn't there a pandemic raging? Uh, isn't there an eviction moratorium? Yes, all those things are true. And we are still being told to remove the trailers because they believe that it is housing. And because they believe it is housing, it is illegal, according to this uh, ridiculous property blight law that was passed in 2004. So let me read that for you, and uh, then let's get into the many ways that this could be solved, but currently isn't. So, Oakland Property Blight Code, Section 8.24. 
Oakland currently prohibits the parking or storing of trailers, campers, recreational vehicles, boats, and other mobile equipment for a period of time in excess of 72 consecutive hours in front or side yards unless they are in an accessory building constructed in accordance with yada 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 yada. A violation of these restrictions on one's private property constitutes a blighted property and may be cited as a nuisance. So let's so let's get into there's a number of ways that this ridiculous situation that we've been put in after six years of having no problems and providing an affordable housing space for probably close to 40 people. Um, So let's start with the first most easiest, most elegant way to solve this problem, and that is for the code enforcer, um, Inspector Travis Ha, to just drop it. Um, now I know that that's possible because in 2016 we had a fire on the lot next door to us. That was a generator fire started by a group of squatters who were in a community, kind of our doppelgangers in a squatted lot just next door. They started a generator fire in the summer of 2016. The fire turned into a fire that burnt down, uh, the house next door to the lot, uh, where there was renters and code enforcement started looking in. And I remember it was the day that we all woke up to the reality that Donald Trump was our new president. And on that same day, I got a text from our landowner with an image of the notice of violation. I called the inspector a few days later and, uh, had a conversation with him and told him that I did not uh, confirm that anybody was living at our site, but that we were a garden and that uh, it would be a real shame in the middle of this housing crisis in 2016 to kick out these folks next door. But I said it in a way that I think he understood. I was also talking about ourselves. And basically he said, you know what? You're right. Uh, I don't have any complaints on your side, and really my issue is about safety uh, with those folks next door. And I said, I'm also concerned, and I'm starting to have conversations with the folks next door, and I will assist you in that. And he said, that's great, and he dropped it. Now, we also, in that moment, learned that uh, one of our members, his mom, used to be a code enforcer in St. Louis, and uh, she said, you know, it's very common to just bribe the code enforcer. So we were prepared to do that. But at any rate, the issue was dropped. So this code enforcer could do that. He has chosen not to. Uh, you'll see, you'll hear in the recording that he says, he presents as if he's going to work with us. And we're, I was totally upfront, you'll hear, about what we're doing uh, and just totally trusted that he would, you know, be a human being. Um, because really, I think it would be more efficient for taxpayer money if we just had an algorithm to read the code and enforce the code at this point, because that's what he's doing. Uh, I think we could program an algorithm to be a little bit more uh, human, human-centric. human Anyway, the second way that we can solve our issue, and again, our issue is um, the tip of the iceberg, because there are many other individuals that are experiencing this sort of harassment right now. I've heard of a few, um, and and I've seen many other communities, uh, friends of mine, get shut down. And again, our community was shut down previously uh, by this same rule. So the second way that this could 
all get resolved is the mayor uh, could issue a decree that says, could, well, the mayor could pause all enforcement, all code enforcement of this type of nature, of, of, of homes on wheels. Pause it. That's what the mayor could do. She could issue a decree. Now, I, I was speaking to the mayor's housing czar, Darren Ranaletti, just the other day, and he said he was looking into if that was legally something within the mayor's power. And if it's not, he said it would have to be something that the mayor and city council would have to do. So this is something that's very easy to do. Uh, and that leads us to our third way that this could be solved, which is the shelter crisis ordinance. So... Um, I'm not going to read it for you here, but you can look it up. I'll link it in the show notes. But there was a shelter crisis ordinance that was passed in 2017 and then renewed in 2019. And it basically outlined the fact that the reality that we all know that there is growing encampments and there is no affordable housing. And in response to that, there would be no enforcement of code building code violations for creative um, housing solutions that are popping up. Now, I thought that that protected us, but apparently, according to Darren Renaletti, and I just read through the shelter ordinance, shelter crisis ordinance, as close as I could, and technically, it does not include the words private property. So it only includes no enforcement of code violations on city-owned property or city-leased property. So as private people on private land creating private solutions with private money for their own housing, not asking for anything from the city, we are subject to this ridiculous classist rule. All you have to do is add two words, private property, to the existing shelter crisis ordinance or pass a new one and you could solve this issue for many people. So now I think we're at the fourth way that this could be solved. Well, I guess city council passed uh, an RV parking program ordinance in the spring of 2020. I heard about it and it sounded very promising. Basically, it was a way that you could get a license to put it, an RV or a trailer on a vacant piece of land. Great. That's basically what we're doing. So, in fact, once we started getting violations in the fall of 2020, we our landowner also got a notice from this RV parking program saying that his lot was a viable candidate. So we had this code enforcer who was inspecting for this RV parking program over. He came in. He said, this looks great. This is clean. This looks like an RV park. Problem is, I can't sign off on it. Why? Because the RV parking program is only for one RV on one lot. Now, immediately when I heard that, I said, that's ridiculous. Who would actually be able to take advantage of that? And according to Darren Ranaletti, who I just spoke to, it's now the spring of 2021, a year after that program has been out, not one person is taking advantage of this program. And that is because there's not really many people that can afford to pay for the land and all of the utility connections that are required under this. Uh, and not, I mean, it's going to be cheaper to just 
pay for a traditional house at that point. The reason that our model works and the reason that other models work is because you spread the fixed costs of land, trash, internet, water, sanitation services across multiple people. And then you can get to a number like five or 600 or in the early days it was 300 when we were really um, you know, getting creative and, and, and lowering our, our standards or our, you know, our size of trash and, you know, our land costs were a little lower, yada, yada. So again, nobody has employed this RV parking program stipulation. It was created for one person. Um, I'm still unsure as to the process as to how they did that, but here you have five people that, uh, are, are affected by this at least specifically in our case, but there's many more people and uh, many more people that could immediately have housing relief if this ridiculousness was fixed. And again, we're, we're, we're just talking about solutions about framing. We're talking about paperwork. We're not talking about the reality because the reality is that there's people suffering on the streets and all of the well-heeled people in their homes are pissed about it, and all the people that are directly suffering are pissed about it. And there's a real easy solution, which is just to make it possible for people to set up these types of spaces like our community. And investment money will come in, and suffering will end. Um, so I, I, that kind of leads to probably the, the fifth way that this could all be solved, and that's just let, let us be a permitted RV park. So according to Darren Renaletti, the one RV per one lot rule was because that if once you go to two RVs, it's technically an RV park. And then there's a, a set of requirements for that. Um, the problem is that there is virtually no place in the city that is allowed in the zoning, current zoning, to be an RV park. I've tried. I've looked. According to Aubrey Rose... Uh, it's HBX4, and uh, it's pretty hard to search for it, but uh, we're right at the edge, edge, edge of West Oakland, and we're not even there. In an, in an industrial area, industrial mixed residential area, we're not there. So we're a residential lot, and we're not allowed to create affordable residences. We are only allowed to build a multi-million dollar single-family home that will serve somebody who doesn't live here, who has the money to do it. Um, so I think, I think I've hit on most of the reasons that uh, this all could be solved. So now I'd like to, to play this uh, tour that I gave to Inspector Travis Ha in uh, the fall of 2020. You will hear three different voices, myself, Travis Ha, and our property owner. Um, Basically, we the way this stuff works is you get something in the mail. It tells you you're in violation and you need to comply by a certain date. And then there is a reinspection deadline. Um, we never got the first notification. So when we first heard about it in the fall, we were already behind the ball. We were already we had already missed the the deadline, and fines were applied. So very disconcerting. It seems like there was an error. Part of the violations that we received were graffiti on our front gate, which uh, we con we contend that that was a mural, but we've painted it over anyway. 
uh, Travis Ha has said that our um, the, the height of our gate is illegally too high and that we've illegally constructed it. The reality is that was built over 50 years ago. It's, it was a former junkyard. We had nothing to do with it, uh, and he needs to check his facts. He also doesn't like the fact that we have are calling ourselves a community garden and seems to have, you'll, you can tell in this recording, zero knowledge about gardening or gray water. Um, it seems I'm kind of confused as to how he can even enforce codes because he doesn't really know much about them. And I try to point that stuff out as we go. But uh, I'll shut up. You can listen to this conversation. Um, and uh, if you get a chance uh, and you support uh, tiny home communities in cities in Oakland, and beyond, um, and, you know, tiny homes, including affordable things like RVs and travel trailers, uh, please consider going to our uh, website at neighborship.org, um, or to our petition, which is at, uh, change.org slash neighborship and giving us a signature and showing some support. Thanks. It's a trailer. Yeah, it's on wheels. Yeah, it's a trailer. So this Travis is a tiny house on wheels. In five years, ten years, the whole world, most people will be, will be living in something like this. This is the future of housing, there affordable is the housing. Future of housing, <laughs> but in the meantime, that is not the future of housing. Right? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> there, well, there's, there's gonna be, there's lots of people like me just doing it until you know, until people figure it out. But. The thing is that if no one complain, yeah, I and we we've been here for five years, nobody's complained. Do you know why? I think at one point I think Win talked to you about it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, at, at one time Win talked to you about it. I think that's the, that's the time the case always started, and then I think and then he never got you forward with it or something. You're talking about in 2016? Uh, I think one of the inspectors. Wait, wait. Fact, no, 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 no. Yeah, I met Wing. I met Wing. Uh, yeah, this is 2009. Yeah. Yeah. 2009? 2000, no, it was 2016. We, 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 came, we came here in 2015. In 2016, there was a fire in the other lot, and that's when the inspector came uh, and noticed this space. But he said to me, there's no neighbor complaints. I'm, I'm just interested in making sure that that other lot is, is safe. Mm-hmm. And so that that seemed like it was resolved. That one going to the this is the this is a gray water system. So uh, the water goes in. It's contained in that in that bin. The the plants are soaking up the water, and the it's gray, just gray water. It's the gray water from the rain or gray water from peeing. No, no, that's not what. Well, no, it's gray water. Just a uh, kitchen. Uh, oh. It's just uh, you know sink water. And that's uh, gray water code. It has to be six inches below the surface, which that is more than six inches below the surface. Uh, so I, I looked up the gray water code. Okay. I've worked with an uh, uh, environmental designer, uh, and we worked out systems. Okay. Six I, inches below the surface for safety. The thing, yeah, the thing is, whatever you want to do, just get the approval. Okay. Okay, we... Notice the... Uh, uh, fire extinguisher service every hundred feet. Corner code. Uh, yeah, you you have both. There's quite a lot. There's like about if I'm looking at, let's see, 
Yeah. The top is here too. Chalk is a fence. <laughs> okay, so we have this. So I haven't seen any uh, thing. The only thing community garden, the only garden I can see is this area. So if you are doing community garden, is this the only community garden or what you propose? Well, we've, uh, we have, have... Have you submitted we a have plan a whole to green, them? We have a whole garden area back here. Have you submitted a plan to them? I mean like the drawings? Uh, I submit... I submitted the application. Okay. Uh, and what what did they response back? Beside that uh, email. No, uh, I haven't got a response back. I called the the planner uh, and emailed the planner. I haven't got a response back. Just uh, her voicemail says, uh, "Pandemic slowdowns. Bear with us." Okay. I have lots of tomatoes, Travis. I can give you. There's lots of food that's grown here. Uh, we had obviously we we did some harvesting, so there was corn, tomatoes. This space uh, we're we're gonna turn into a community space, so we we're moving some stuff around. Okay. Yeah. So I would think that definitely some of the item like wood or other stuff that's flammable. Yeah. I would say trash it so that if it's too close. Yeah. from any building yeah when the fire started from one building it jumped from the scrap wood or whatever right then you have people right here so best place to keep uh i don't scrap know wood i was saying that flammable item typically they have to be in storage somewhere or get it okay in a storage know. shed uh let me see four feet four feet from the property line four feet from any structure yeah you have quite a lot I mean, if we have to throw it away, we have to throw it away, but... We have all these, like, cocaine. Keep in mind, you can only have so many cocaine. If you have too many cocaine, uh -huh. if it's stuff, I'm not fire, muscle, or anything. Yeah. I think if you have more than certain cocaine in one property, uh -huh. you have to... It might be too much, or then you have to secure, or something like that. I don't okay. know, but you have to try to fire pole, but then what I'm saying is that, you know, all those propane can right there those are all empty but uh i uh yeah i take i don't know if it's empty or not but then what i'm saying is that yeah i just assume that when you have so many tanks right when you have so the cost i mean the hazard is greater than when you have one or two yeah good so, point sun whatever spot whatever if it cause explosion then you set together right yeah yeah so i've, I've been thinking about uh, building a, a cage for the for the full propane mm -hmm. yeah I mean, a metal like, cage just like i think people when they sell and do something even commercial space they try to isolate that space from outside isolate it somewhere and some other stuff right uh-huh uh, flammable item but um, Yeah, so this okay. this no so good. Right now, I, I see a portable toilet. Where do people get the water? Shower. This is the shower here, sir. This this building here. What about uh, outdoor shower? What about power? Power. We all use off-grid power. So solar panels. 
Um, you see, there's a wind turbine. I have a wind turbine. Everybody has their own solar panels on their roof. You see, everybody has their own solar panels and a battery bank. It's highly sa way safer than AC power. Mm -hmm. It's 12 volt DC power. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very sustainable, of course. So this is, this is part of the, the future uh, because you don't, you know, it's very expensive to get AC power over here. I talked to PG&E, it's, uh, we're starting, let's start the conversation at $50,000, right? It, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, Quite a lot of propane tanks, okay? Yeah. Just to let you know. And then if one fire started, the whole thing is get started. You have quite a fire. I mean, you have quite a few, but then you have quite a lot. But then I don't know if any of those tanks is empty or not. But then typically, I think uh, you're supposed to uh, secure or put it somewhere so that if there's a little joke or anything like that, it doesn't fall down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've read that too. Yeah, they also need to be, uh, you have to have a, a clear path so you can come turn it off in, uh, in an earthquake. So I, I, you know, I... But they're, when they're on the ground like that, they're, they're I, secure. I, I'm not fire marshal, so I don't know, but yeah. not. So... So you want to see the shower? No, that's a propane tankless water heater. And then where would the water be drink to? We uh, there is a, a pit right under there that's about four feet deep, about this wide, filled with rocks and mulch. So you try to make it almost like a separate system. That's <laughs> just gray water. Just gray water. And then and then the, uh, the plants soak it up, you know. So we haven't. We just put some fresh mulch here, but uh, yeah, it hasn't been an issue. Uh, well, there, there was the complaint was also regarding that. I don't know. Uh, was it was it this beside? I mean, I mean, it just depends on the, the water. I mean, I worked with septic system before. I know how many thousands. How many, how many gallons, how many thousand gallons is intended for how many bathrooms? Yeah. And what is the populated based on the soil that you have yeah. and how long it's supposed to sit on it. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of soil system that is, but I don't know. Uh, well, yeah. I'm but, but what I'm saying is that and anytime when you do some sort of like sapping and all stuff, yeah. you need some kind of, uh, you need some, uh, I think Department Health and all that stuff. Yeah, well, sep septic is septic is for black water. Gray water is is, is a whole different but animal. It's still considered shower, right? Shower is gray water. Yeah, I mean, my dad in Campbell, he has a he runs a shower into into his landscaping. It's it's, okay. it's a different thing. Let me take a look at that too, because like the sh even the shower you're saying that because it's still considered not the black water is just poo poo. Right? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but even the shower water is like you know. Our, our code is like anything that require anything that need to be uh, hooked up to a sewer or something. Do you have a sewer? There's no sewer line. That's no that's sewer. another that's another fifty thousand dollars. So so all you have just water line. We have water and gray water, and and the black water comes from the the, the 
the porta potty. Mm. But you know, I've I've definitely worked with the uh, some designers on this stuff. Okay. Uh, I've studied uh, permaculture design in Australia with uh, the guy who wrote the book Permaculture One. So I've been researching this for a while. Seems pretty safe to me, but it's not. It's not normal. But normal is not affordable. I no Yeah, I I believe. I don't think that I would say it's not the thing to say. A lot of time it's just depend on, uh, you know, you know, whatever there is the design, it's approved, and then just inspect. Inspect it, yeah. So yeah. whatever there is the design, the design they say it's okay, you're right. okay with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it, do it looks like that you have 10, right? One, two, three. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Yeah. I got a cut there. Oh, there's, there's. One. Okay, one, two, three. Well, the blue, the blue is just storage. For, yeah, yeah. Nobody's in there. Oh, okay. Uh, but there is there is a, a guy who lives in a sprinter van here. He's just out of town. So. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. But uh, this one is not a community space. Is it not a residential? It's just okay. a community. It's going to be a community kitchen. So. There's gonna be nine spaces in the in the total plan here. So, okay. Yeah, it is. It's gonna move out actually, sir. Uh, but do you, why don't you come in and just enjoy what it's like to be in in one? It looks like that leak. Yeah, it it's uh, it wasn't it wasn't built uh, properly. Okay. But it looks very beautiful. So this is the tiny house they're talking this, about. This is the tiny house. This is the type of stuff you see on TV. This is what people, you know, get very excited about. You can see the design elements here, uh, the loft bed, um, the the stylish minimalist design. Um, this this one was designed so that this door opens up, and then you were supposed to be able to stand on this rooftop. But uh, the way that they designed it, it created like a bowl, and so it would catch water, and they didn't seal it properly. Okay. And so we had. We had somebody. That must be the bathroom. That's the bathroom. Okay. Shower. Okay. So it's almost like um, it's almost like uh, those uh, those uh, mobile trailer. homes. Trailer, yeah, exactly, mobile home. exactly. And the only difference is that this is a trailer. This is smaller. It's smaller than a single wide. Yeah, a mobile home is bigger. Uh, and the problem with a mobile home is it's it's too hard to move. It's too expensive to move, and you, you uh, people get stuck in these situations where they just mm -hmm. they can't afford to move it, and they they get forced out. And and trailers like like that one with the wind turbine, that's where I live. Um, those are designed to be temporary, right? So they're uh, smaller uh, uh, framing and uh, smaller insulation, and so they're not so good for long-term living unless you reinforce them you know like i you see i reinforced the, the roofing and you know i remodeled it on the inside 
So the but the, the 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 sweet spot is something like this. It's the size of a trailer, but it's designed to be long-term living with with full insulation. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Okay, all right, all right, Faith. So, but this was just this was uh, not professionally done. We're we're moving it out, and anything like the anything coming in here from now on is going to be made by a professional, licensed tiny home I, builder. I was saying that before. Anything coming back after you get this one, yeah. Try to work with the zoning first because like the more that you coming get coming in, if the zoning doesn't approve or anything like that, yeah, the harder it's going to get out. Okay, okay. Okay. I mean that's just on my point. Okay. Yeah. And and when, and your point about um because I then you start to you start to doing something that is uh having you approved and then you just assume because even if they are uh, approved they look in the square footage yeah and they were saying that how many space you technically have and all those things right yeah so you don't want to get people in and then you're gonna have a tough time getting people out yeah i'm already losing lots of money and i gotta spend a lot of money on this stuff so it's a it's a tough dance you know uh well to us you know there's always there's cause concern, yeah, people living there, people living there, people living there. Right, but we're also people, right? I know, you are okay. people. So far, I grew up, far, I grew up here. So you however, okay. what I'm saying is that the building, when they build, they have a plan, they have a permit. The city inspected, the city approved the house right there. Yeah. So the city approved a single house, approved a single house or a warehouse. Right. But this is just like, you know, the mobile home park is a bit out of ordinary. So yeah. would they approve it? I don't know. And if they do, do they limit it? Yeah. They might be able to build, let you build something, but I don't know. But even the wrecking yard, at one point over here, you have to go to the environmental too, right? Because you really don't know what's the environmental down here. And the thing is, you're okay right now. You have community garden and everything. Yeah. You know, most of them is very satisfied. But yeah. if you start to have the underground, you know, I I don't know how far the underground thing is. Are those things safe or what? Uh, what do you mean safe? The water going in or I the mean, planting? The planting. I mean, oh, because yeah. I, at one point it's a wrecking yard. Yeah. Well, what we do is we uh, okay. We we only but plant. That's uh, just my two cents. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we only we don't plant food underground. We just plant ornamentals. So all oh, the roses. Offer me tomato. <laughs> Yeah, that's an erased. That's an erased bed. That's an erased bed. Do you want one? I I'm forgot. I'm just kidding. Okay. The tomatoes are in raised beds. Hey, Nate. Hello. So, and okay. you you were saying you're saying the right the right way is to have a plan. Present the, the right plan. way is to get approval. Right. Yeah. So you present a plan. Most of the time, when uh, ending with approval, you need a plan. Yeah. And then you get approval, and then you go. Yeah, because they because they want to see the site plan. Right. How big is your site? Right. What do you propose to do? Right. Like you know, you propose to put something right here, something right here, something something. They want to space and all those things, right? Right. Okay, so you I know. need to work on a site and plan. And then they also might say, okay, what kind of setback you have? But yeah, you know, but you, first of all, you have to talk to them to see if that is out of the question or in the question or anything first oh, okay well i know it's out of the question but i also know that the that's that's coming from a framework that's not really uh logical you know i mean yeah. basically if we follow that framing we we're going to ask everybody to go join join the the people on the streets 
that, that everybody that these, uh, these neighbors don't want right and those and when they're out on the streets they're gonna not have trash service they're gonna not have running water and it's gonna be more misery for them and more misery for the the the, the, the people that matter in the houses right and even surprised so, me that you got trash service. what's yeah. that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We, we, we have, have water this. service. We've been here for five years. I mean, we're and and we have support from the neighbors. I mean, mm-hmm. probably Scott put in. I a don't call. know. Yeah. You could file off yeah. the office to say who. But that's on yeah. my record. He yeah. did not show it. Yeah. Okay. But that's the problem because we're just we're legitimate people. Yeah. Just like you know, so. I see rent. a lot of propane. Okay. I yeah. see a lot of propane tanks. Yeah. Yeah. Propane is some, is a part of and how. And I saw some combustible material right next yeah. to propane tank quite a lot of propane tank yeah so you know it need any fire anything like that it need a salary it have like any fuel so if there you ha- if you are right next to a pile of wood okay. and you have propane tank over there it'll cost the whole thing real fast yeah Okay. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we have piles of wood near the propane tanks. But, but what we'll, I'm saying is that yeah. you know I do, do not look at it that way. I'm just looking at the setup that we have right now. Yeah. This portion, like what I'm told you, the OM2. Yeah. It's not zone four. Okay. Right. So right. you will have to get approval for. And do and you think after approval that you would still need a permit for whatever that fill out? So if they say you require fans, you put a fan. If they require power, then you need power. If they need sewer, then you need sewer. Right. Okay? Yeah. I mean, would they allow a mobile home park to just... Nowadays, I don't Temporary? think... Nowadays, I don't think they approve septic anymore. Yeah. Oh. I don't think. Okay, because for the environmental, you can look into it. Okay. You know, you can do your research and look into it. Uh, I'm just a building inspector. What the heck do I know? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, but do you think okay. that we could do it where we don't we don't have to move everything out? And I re- don't know. Okay. It depends on the plan. It depends what approved, what they approve, and all this thing. Okay. But what I'm saying is that all this thing, it's not approved, and then uh, you know if you start to apply for it, yeah. uh, then I work with you on the timeline until they reject you or. Okay. move forward or anything like that but okay okay follow just keep me updated on your application and see okay i will yeah okay uh because like i think i have your email let me double check on that one and see yeah. i think it was like back in june right uh well oh with the other lot no this lot no, we, we haven't talked about this lot until until we got the letter a couple okay. weeks ago. Yeah. So I think you will need to uh, submit an application on this lot uh-huh. on what you propose to do. But what you propose right now is what you're trying to legalize. Yes. Is, you know, you're just like what I put it out there, mobile home park. Yeah, well, yeah, not mobile home. I think it would be trailer park. RV or park. trailer park, whatever that's suitable. Yeah. yeah. So you will have to try to legalize it, okay? Yeah. So you, okay. So you're saying uh, I, the community garden you don't think would be? I don't know. Let me take a look. Why don't yeah. you take a look at this code section? I don't think community garden is where people live. Typical community garden is a vacant lot that they have all those. Uh, yeah. They have all those like uh, waste garden. Yes. Different people just come in and water their own thing. Well, uh, but, but Travis, what no I'm saying, what I'm saying is because we're we're oping, operating in a bizarro world where this is not okay, 
then then I'm saying if I operate in the Bizarro world, a community garden is okay. And I can just say that these people have 24-7 access and they happen to take naps That's what I'm saying. in their storage units. send your idea, yeah. your proposed plan yeah. to the planning department. Because the planning and zoning, they have to approve this. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And keep in mind, this at one point is, uh, you know, it's a wrecking y'all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we did the research on the soil. That's why we put the mulch down. The mulch is a cap so that the dust, which is the potential I, danger, you know, can't be in Yeah, we would talk to the environmental, environmental impact. Yeah. I'm not that good with that. Yeah. But how do you encapsulate it? There's different way of encapsulation. Sure. And then uh, whatever method that work or for whatever that they approve you for use. Because, uh, you know, if you are building a house, it's the then there's a certain level that they require if you are building commercial yeah they might not even care right mm, yeah so and if you're building a, a school for kid or a kindergarten then it's a different criteria sure and then now you're doing a trailer or mobile home that's a different criteria criteria yeah so check with your advisor and do some research and see how it goes okay? okay i okay. am definitely not the source of information on that yeah okay yeah Okay, all I right. I think I know a lot, but I, I do not. So, okay, so at this point, we're on a pause on this. Uh, as Not we, on a pause. You have to move forward trying yeah. to legalize this. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, okay. I'm, I'm so going to be moving forward, you, yes. Once you move wing forward with it, I'm not on a pause. I will check the progress, yes. and I give you the time that you are working on it until they say no, no, but you have to really proact it. Yeah. If they want this information, you have to provide this information sure. out of state. Okay, yeah, I will, I, I'm committing right? to you. I will, I will be working on this and I will send you my progress. And then I'm just asking but, you if there's but a yeah, But you have that. to go to zoning and everything. And then for that, I'll file some information yeah. and then I'll see if you can appeal the building or something like that for me. Okay? Okay, yeah. Because definitely there's a violation on all those things. Definitely there's graffiti, there's overgrown, the fan, yeah. and then definitely there's in here, like what I call out over there, everything. Right. And trash. Okay? Well, so, yeah, yeah. So, but but we didn't get really notification about this. That's what I'm this, saying. So we'll, we'll that's fix this. That's what I'm this. saying. Now yeah. we talk and yeah. you did not get it. Yeah. I will try to file the paperwork and see what he could do and see after the supervisor or management review it, yeah. they would make the decision on it based on information that they have. Okay. I, yeah, so I will, will not this. be able to make any decision on those. Okay? Okay. Okay. It's way above my pay grade. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you uh, okay. listening to well, me. Thank, well, thank you. So yeah. if I need to reach you, you, I know who to contact yeah. and give me some time for file the form and I'll email that to you. Okay. Okay, and right. you yes. please work on... Yeah, the fence, the graffiti. No, the fence, and then please work on, uh, what's that, uh, what you propose to do right here. The, oh yeah, the, the legalization. Uh-huh. Yes. I might, do you have an email? Yes, right on here? there, yeah. Okay, I might send you... a permit application okay so you might have to fill it out or you the owner agent fill it out okay and then maybe in that way i do a routing slip so you can forward so that the zoning they know what what you're looking at so because typically with the permit application the application then you could put out what you propose to do right so with that at least the zoning would know right so to look into it 
Okay, I didn't fully get you. Uh, you said routing number. No, he's gonna give us a a permit application. Permit application. Okay. That way, link him into it when we we fill out the application and send it in. Uh -huh. That way, he could follow up the planning department, uh -huh. see what's going on, and let us know what's going on. Okay, I'll see what it. I could do. Okay. But then, typically, things like that require a lot of plan. It's gonna be a site plan. I can do that. No it's problem. It's gonna be planned. Yeah, it's gonna be planned. Get plan. approved. Yeah. And site plan, all those plan, and what you propose. What is so here before is vacant, and then what you propose to do, everything like that. Okay, here I can before. do that. Okay. okay. And, then, and then we do need a surveyor to or or, or any architectures. I, I don't know who, but then they will let you know. But then typically they require some kind of. Okay. Okay. Typically so, they require so, something. Uh, a, a soil survey, you mean? No, know. no, no, the surveyor for the property. Oh, the then, property and, lines. And then the lines, and uh -huh. then how you're going to do it. Okay. And then basically we have to, plannings, they're not going to come in and check. They just need to look at the plans. Right. They're not going to come in. They, they, yeah. they just, you have to submit everything on the plan. They basically look okay. on the plan. But you're saying if we... If they approve, then, then he know. If he doesn't approve, then he know. That way, that way we all in the same loop. Yeah. And see if we can move on to get this process get it get it going yeah so in case you were wondering i ended up getting the community garden zoning clearance finalized paid for informed travis ha of that over the christmas break and then he responded that community garden was not good enough but you better just check with permitting and zoning so i brought it up with aubrey rose at permit info and he asked for a site plan which I produced along with um, a brochure explaining with pictures the concept of a community garden with mobile storage units and 24-7 access and I got a response that said well check with zoning and I said I thought you are zoning and I got no response, crickets, and then we got this letter in the mail that enforcement has continued. So I did everything they asked and I'm willing to do anything more that they asked to apply for permission however they would like. And uh, there doesn't seem to be a path. If you've got ADU or tiny home questions, give me a shout at tinylogic.ninja.